Hey, Q-heads. I thought we were going to call them cuticles. <laughs> you might be wondering why you're not hearing the theme song right now. We have a really important announcement. We have merch. Yep. Alex just showed up at my house with a box full of Clearing the Q t-shirts. Here's a question. Yeah. How do I get one of those t-shirts? This is not Mystery Science Theater 3000. Chris, how do we get those t-shirts? I'll tell you how, guys. So this is Chris Lee with episode 41. <laughs> so all you got to do is write a review on the podcast channel, then send your username and subject to clearingtheq at gmail.com. And so what will happen is we'll get entered into a chance to win a fantastic Clearing the Q t-shirt. Come on down to Clearing the Q at uh, Clearing the Q Enterprises. Come on down. We got shirts. We got... We got you're going to know when you you got a Clearing the Q shirt because you're wearing a Clearing the Q shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Look down. Look down at your shirt. Is it a Clearing the Q shirt? Yes? Then good. You got one. <laughs> okay. So you're going to go to iTunes. You're going to re- write a review for the Step show. Step one. Cut a hole in that box. <laughs> Step two, put the review in the box. box. Step three, send that box to us. Step four, you'll get a box back with a t-shirt in it. Maybe. Not everybody. But you're going to be entered in a chance to win a t-shirt. We got a whole box full of t-shirts. We're going to try to get rid of as many we as we can. We have more shirts than boxes, so it might not go in a box. We don't want money. We just want our show to be popular. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Clearing the Queue with Alex and Matt. Here's how it works. Each episode starts with a friend of ours signing into their Netflix account. Together, we scroll through their queue. Ultimately, we find a movie that's been on there a little too long, and we watch it together. The best part is that every queue is unique, so it tells a story about the person. Here's a question. Are we going to record ourselves talking about the movie during the movie? No, 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 no. This is not Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's uh, Clearing the Queue. A Netflix podcast. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 41 of Clearing the Queue. This week we've got Chris... Lee I'm confused. Didn't we just have Chris Lee? We did. This Chris Lee is a gentleman of leisure. I differentiate because they spell Lee differently. How does this Lee spell his name? L and then the number one. (laughs) Well, about 10 years ago, that's how it was spelled. (laughs) Uh, Your AIM screen name. Yes. It's L-I. We've got Chris Lee in the house. I've had my eye on you for a while. It's true. You work with my wife. And we met at... Holiday dinner. It was. It was Chris over Christmas dinner. Christmas holiday dinner for your holiday party. Right. I can't remember the restaurant we ate at. Was it Fig and Olive? It was off Melrose, right? It was so fancy. It was very fancy. Very bougie. I was underdressed. I felt like I was underdressed. And there was a collar on my shirt. I currently feel (laughs) underdressed. (laughs) But the food was great. And I think we hit it off pretty well. It was great. Like, I could just see in your eyes how desperate you were to have your... Like for someone like our services to be used because you're just, it's just, you could tell he had a bloated cue. I could tell he was reaching out. He's, well, crying he's, got, out, he's got a good eye. Cause he's right. It's bloated. It needs some help. I need help guys. Well, you're in luck. My wife, I guess, as I said, she, you're very good friends with my wife. You guys are texting buddies that, that we are. I had Andrea pull your file. So that we could get a little bit more Uh-oh. insight on you. Oh, is that what that Uh-oh. thing is yeah. that you walked oh, in yeah, with? Is there a dossier on me? Yeah, no, there is. It's right here. See, this was unexpected. Yeah, it's right here. Oh my God, it's top secret, too. Yeah. Look. We, we pulled your dossier. Should I be worried? No, but I felt like 
I wanted to show my trusted co-host, Mr. Bogdan, out here. Yeah. Why don't you take a perusal and, and take a look at the at the? All right. It says <laughs> the Chris Lee files. The first bullet point says born and raised in Pasadena. Correction, San Marino. <laughs> but I mean, it's a, oh. it's adjacent to Pasadena. So what you know what I do is people that I meet that aren't familiar with Los Angeles, I tell them Pasadena because people don't know where San Marino is. And then you tell them, like, okay, if, if you've ever been to the Huntington Library, you've been to San Marino. Oh. And then a lot of people are like, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, you know, you should, because it's one of, like, the most amazing places you can visit in L.A. to escape, like, the hustle and bustle of the city. Yeah. Mm. And it's, it's, a, it's a place where they've created, like, these environments that are so outside of what you expect from a place in L.A., like, these great Japanese gardens, Chinese gardens with, like, huge koi ponds, right? old architecture and i think you actually have two tickets to go to the huntington because we actually gave gave her like two tickets for her birthday to go and i don't know if she told you because i'm reading your face and it looks like you're not aware that you oh, have this chance to go my God. she's probably gone without me she maybe she me. did she she probably took jessica who is well, jessica i don't know who jessica is but i actually went this year for my birthday a month did ago you? i did so you can speak into garden. what I just said. It's amazing. And they were amazing. Totally amazing. Yeah, super cool. Big, whatever you're picturing, Sounds like the bigger. birthday gift. It's a good LA, East LA kind of birthday gift. What else is on these files? Come on, go great. deeper. Gardens aren't salacious <laughs> enough. Deeper. There's a bullet point here that just says Oreo shakes. Yes. Okay, great. Next. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. This says, has a great following on Instagram. And this is information that you're getting from her? These are in your files. This is in the top secret dossier. That's a bit of a reach, though. I mean, I feel like some 3,000, but that's not a lot, though. That is 10 times as many as we have. (laughs) It's not a lot. How'd you do that? Um, You know, I think I have a very cultivated uh, gallery, and so everything's shot kind of artistically and have Mm. a certain style to it. So So the pictures are good. Yeah, it's all visual. That's where we went wrong. Visual impact. (laughs) Um, This says... He's a hugger, and then in parentheses, watch out, Maddie. Oh, boy. I am a hugger, though. I tend to, when I meet people, uh, well, not most of the time, but... Oh, actually, most of the time, I go in for a hug. You didn't... I, I, it's worth, for the record, you did not hug either of us. That's true, but you also felt like you had stuff in your arms. Were you you were carrying things? a box of oh. t-shirts. Carrying things. <laughs> so I'm not, gonna, I'm not about to hug a guy who's got stuff in his arms. And uh, we'll come back to those I have a question. Later. I feel like there are two types of huggers. There's the kind that you meet them and they go in for the hug. And there's the kind that you meet them and they say, hey, I'm a hugger. And then they go in for the hug. <laughs> That's really funny. Because Uber the, huggers? There are those two types of people. I think I'm a mix of both. Mm. We call them right. arch huggers or Uber huggers? <laughs> Through the express and the warmth of your voice. Like, I, you. like if oh, somebody goes, voices, if I, read the one about that. Oh, well, this one goes without saying. It just says, has voice made for radio. Radio voice? <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm a little you bit do any lo- Yeah, you should do a long distance dedication to uh, somebody. Oh, yeah. This one goes out to uh, Andrea. You know, I used to. You know that <laughs> radio station, Coast 103.5? Yeah. Karen Sharp, Love Songs on the Coast. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's God. so gentle. She's so gentle. She's I mean, so just d- the way that she speaks so subtle. And she's she so thanks nice. everybody so genuinely for their request. Thank you so much for that request. Like, thank you for calling in and making me part of this and being part of your journey. Jack, this is for you. Jill's so sorry that she cheated on you. (laughs) But she wants to let you know that after you hear this song, you could forgive her. Here comes wind beneath my wings. (laughs) 
Is that where she was when he was tumbling down the hill? She was cheating on him? Possibly. (laughs) But Karen's always got it down, you know? She knows what she's doing. Uh, There's a lot of pretty damning stuff in this file. Anything Q-related? Um, you keep asking me that. You wrote this, so you're probably, you want me to say one of these things. <laughs> I don't see anything about, oh, it says loves friends. Is that what you mean? I mean, who doesn't love friends, right? How about Stephen King? Oh my God, Stephen King. It's kind of like you guys are reading my mind. Where'd you get this information? How did you know? <laughs> Do you... Huge, for, huge horror buff. Yes, love Stephen King. Okay, let's talk about the fact that you said horror buff and Stephen King. So like... Yeah, horror buff. But like, he also wrote like the Green Mile, and he wrote all these fantasy Shawshank things. Redemption. He did, yes. Redemption. Is being a Stephen King fan? Do you follow him in all these different genres he goes, or is it like you like the one aspect of his writing? Strictly just horror. Like I've never read the Green Mile. You'll mm. spit. Or, you spit on the Shawshank Redemption. Well, you know, I'll, can I be honest with you? I never saw that movie. That, thank you for being honest. <laughs> no, right. Yeah, and there are a lot of other movies too where I'm because like because of I've, the horror stuff, or because you're just uh, I just I never heathen. saw I just never saw it, you know. And it, so when I say Stephen King, I mean like you know Carrie, yeah, mm. it, Pet Cemetery, yeah, you know all the good stuff. Uh, did you see the new trailer for it? I did. Oh my god, it looks I did. really kind of cool. And I hate clowns, no. but it's like. You know, it's funny because your wife, like, it's like her biggest fear. And it's so it's funny because I actually did show her the trailer when it was released at work when we were on break. And she almost couldn't get through watching the trailer. <laughs> oh, and, wow. and they don't really show much of, the, like, you know, Pennywise in the trailer. But I had to, like, have her, like, stand there and be like, you need to finish watching this. Uh, Too we scary. All, we for all me. float down here, Georgie. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> Mr. Lee. Uh, before we get into the queue, there's a tradition with this podcast. I don't know how well versed you are in our in our format, but what we do is we we presented you with the this is the briefcase from Pulp Fiction. We acquired it. This is the one. No, you're kidding. Really? Yeah, this is it. I don't, I'm surprised you didn't recognize. Hold it. on, what's inside of it? Well, do you want? Do I want to see what's inside? I well, uh, you inside. can just try to describe for our listeners. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> it's now open, and what I see is what appears to be a bunch of business cards with <laughs> questions written on the back, and now I'm assuming that I'm supposed to reach for one of these, or a couple, yep. and then I need to answer them. That's it. So grab one, read it out loud, give us your answer. All right, that so was a good description. It was. It was a little too literal. Was it- <laughs> I, mean, that, that's I thought you point, liked right? fantasy and horror. You I'm a literal said guy, it. so I appreciated it. All right, so I just picked one. All right. Now, this is where I speak to the listeners and read mm-hmm. it out to them. Yeah. What's the best movie you've Long ever... Long-distance dedication. Yeah, yeah, style. Do it like that. Jack. <laughs> this, is mis- this is from Jill. And what she really <laughs> wants to know is, what's the best movie you've ever seen on a plane? And you don't have to answer now. But just take some time to think about it and what it means to your relationship. And if you can't think of the answer, give us a call back. She loves you very much. Here's Ed Sheeran's, uh, I don't know what that song is. (laughs) This is tough because I don't think I've flown on enough flights, at least lately, to remember the last movie that I've seen on a flight. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I know what my answer is. Unexpectedly, uh, Madagascar. Really? (laughs) 
Yeah, I just, I sort of saw it like one of those movies that you never expect to watch. And then you're on a plane and you're flipping through the stuff and you're going, I don't know, I guess I could watch this animated movie. I've got six hours to kill. And I laughed the whole time. I was like totally enchanted by it. I thought it was really fun. Mm. I don't know if you guys remember whatever age you were that you started to realize that the movies somehow found this vortex loophole where they could get movies before they were on DVD and Mm. video and right while they were kind of still in theaters. And the movie that I discovered it on was Home Alone. Home Alone was at the apex Mm -hmm. of its craziness. Right. And the captain said, "Uh, this movie's in-flight movie's going to be... Home Alone. And I remember, like, so I feel like Home Alone might not have been the best, Mm -hmm. but I remember vividly being excited. The excitement. Yeah. That, like, because now I just curate my own movies. And it's been that way for, like, the last five or six years. Right. So I can't really give you an answer of, like, the best movie I've ever seen on a plane, but the only one that I remember seeing, and this is so funny. Literally, this is your only memory. My only memory of, like, any recollection of watching a movie on a plane was... (laughs) My Father the Hero with Catherine Heigl and Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> wow. I don't know why. That's like, was, that's like 94, right. 95. This was like a, I mean, this was like 20 years ago, right? Catherine Heigl was like 15 or she something. She was like 15 oh, or wow. 16 years old. I don't know why this comes to mind, but that's like the only recollection of every any movie that I've seen on a plane before. Can you recap the plot of... Because I, I, I think I can. Can you really? Well, um... It has to do with those uh, father-daughter going on vacation. Absolutely. And Catherine Heigl, somehow, to impress a guy, pretends that she's dating her father. And a series of events unfold that Gerard Depardieu has to do increasingly zany things to prove that he is her... Bravo. Her her boyfriend. And that's the movie. I don't know what the stakes could have been that he would have to... Go jet skiing or do stuff, but I remember that's what it he was does. like outrageous stunts, right? Yeah. To impress like this potential suitor he is of his the, daughters. He is the hero. He becomes the hero of this. Wow. Yes. Great. Okay. Uh, great synopsis on the plot. And I'm actually shocked that it was like on point because I was going to be like, you know what? He's not going to land it. And he did. <laughs> Just like the captain on that plane. Uh, uh, we're about to land in about five minutes and uh, ready to go. All right, so I'm opening this list. The first movie in here is called The Disappointments Room. It looks like it came out last year. Netflix is predicting a 98% match. This is the first episode we've done with Netflix's new prediction system. That's pretty close. 98 is pretty high. That's very high. So what is this movie? So this title was actually something that popped up, I think. It was within the past week or so. Mm -hmm. And... You know, I also use this website, instantwatcher.com, and it's such a great resource for those who don't want to scroll through their feed and look through all of the recommendations. Mm. They can pull this up, and this website lists out all of the latest new um, noteworthy titles that um, that are kind of like on fire on Netflix. And so what do you do? Do you just add them to your queue and never go look back? Sometimes. I mean, that's what I do. Like, in my actual Netflix app on the TV, I just... Go into it, add to queue, and just leave it be. And so for me, I don't know how most people operate with their queues, but for what I do is I add it to the queue. And for the most part, I never go back to the queue, right? It's just kind of like 
it's a mental bookmark, but not because I'm actually bookmarking it. But yeah. I never, ever actually. Listeners, go back me and Maddie just looked at each other and gave one of those like, "Yeah, yep. we've heard it all before. We've heard it before." Right. The cue is where movies go to die. What I would love to see is have Netflix create a little uh, a modification to the software to actually show the number of titles living within the queue. Because if they were to do that, I'm sure I would have like some oh, and the way that like your the way that someone's iPhone updates, like you'd see the little red numbers. Yeah, absolutely, and, wouldn't yeah. that be great? Because then if that number yeah. were like 452, <laughs> you'd be like, maybe I should stop adding stuff to the queue and like totally. you know start clearing. Well, it. let me look at your smartphone real quick. How many are you? In a, there are people that have like zero oh, updates. God. This is where you check the app updates and the mail in your mailbox, right? Yeah, and I'm gonna look. You've got three. 359 unread mail right. items. But what's and- funny is that I have this thing about updating my apps all the time, so you're not going to find anything in there. Unless, in okay. the past half hour, a bunch of apps shot out like an update. I actually can't figure out a way to turn my inbox's 99 down. I've, I've tried. Like It only stays at 99, Like no matter what I do. Really? But you, you're Google saying that you have less than 99 in there? I'm, I want it to be zero, yeah. and I can't find a way to get it I to be zero. I just have that problem. There's a way to do it. So that 99 is actually like way out of your reach of through your scrolling. So there are items in your inbox from like God Jeez, knows when. I thought it was some Jay-Z type bullshit. No. I've got, I'm literally reminded of my 99 problems every hmm. day. That's, that's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> you don't to me. There's, there's got to be a way to do a select all and just like mark all red. So here's the thing. <laughs> Inboxes aside, this movie, The Disappointments Room, the plot is after a troubled architect moves her family into a spacious fixer-upper. Is this in here for professional reasons? <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, the second half is she discovers a curious locked room containing ghosts of a mysterious nature. So this particular recommendation had like pretty good, like had a good match. Was it like ninety-eight? Right. Yeah. And so, granted that I do watch a lot of horror movies or like yeah. you know sci-fi thrillers, that kind of stuff, and I rank those pretty high, four stars, sometimes five. You know, I really don't. When it comes to horror, I don't tend to lean into the gore paranormal. At gore. Oh, I was going to wonder. Mm. Well, you know, gore porn also doesn't do it for me because it's not scary. It's just gross. Yeah. You know, when you see things being ripped out. What's the know? greatest horror movie you've ever seen? Mm, that's a toughie. What's the one that you're like? I'm gonna, you want to get? You want to like something that I would watch over and over again, or something that really gets to me every okay, time? Okay, so here's a, uh, my cousin Sarah, who's about 23, said she's bored by most horror movies. She wants to be really scared, like she doesn't want to be able to sleep at night. Wow, wow! So like she wants something to like really rattle her to her bones. Yes, but here's the question: Has though. she considered the newspaper? <laughs> current events <laughs> uh, we'll see i'm sure she's on top of that so i don't really know if anything can beat that but as you know something in second place to yeah. really rattle her bones the first thing i would ask her is you know i have a lot of friends that they they love scary movies and but they have a thing where it's like look movies that involve parent paranormal stuff and ghosts that is that never scares me i think it's stupid but mm. then you know films with you know a guy with a machete chasing after a teenage girl like that terrifies me mm. and vice versa so you know depending on what she's so the but, movie machete is definitely the scariest <laughs> movie you can think i've of. actually never seen machete with that's danny trejo right it's not yeah. that scary no it's not it's kind of isn't it it's based on, it's, it's like based off of that trailer from yep. um uh, Death House. Grind, Grindhouse. Grindhouse. Yeah. Grindhouse, which I love. Slash. Death Proof. Death Proof Death Grindhouse. Proof. I just call it Death House to yeah. save time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I had a great time watching those trailers during Grindhouse. Yeah, but those trailers were fantastic. fantastic. So, you, so you'd say to her that go with the machete killing psycho. Well, it just really depends on what scares her. Like, what scares her? 
like real world scenario guy wielding like an axe mm. maniac or you know you move into a house you can go and... deep either genre you can go oh yeah absolutely you know you really can't beat halloween you know like all of these i mean it really started this it re invigorated the slasher genre it really did did you see yeah. get out i don't think i did mm. who's in that it was uh, Allison Williams. It was uh, Wait, that's Jordan rec- Peele. That's recent, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It. My biggest takeaway is that it was like Twilight Zone. It was like an mm-hmm. al- this alternate world where just fucked up things kind of happen. Like, but because it, but it's not totally horror. It's just like a, for me, a, Cabin in the Woods was the best sort of comp for it. Like okay. a horror movie. Like I'm not a horror guy at all, but I I really enjoyed both of those movies because. They were just like twisting things around in a way that I found really compelling. While yeah. just like scaring you and putting you on the edge of yeah. your seat. Sure. Oh, yeah. I did see Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Did and you it, like it or was not enough horror for you? No, what's, what I loved about it was that it took like the traditional horror movie formula and like flipped it up on its head. Yeah. You know, because it's like you really didn't expect kind of like the second half to hit. Totally. And when it hit, it was like, oh my God, like what the hell am I watching? It's now like horror turned sci-fi like crazy I don't, I don't know yeah i mean when the movie was over i remember sitting you know on the sofa and being like what the fuck did i just watch yeah all right and so we're one movie in the we're one movie in. <laughs> all right the next movie in your queue is called closet monster that's hysterical. I don't even remember putting that in there. Two it doesn't look good hysterical. buzzwords. Two good buzzwords. <laughs> What's the the percent match? It's predicting eighty nine, and the synopsis is a gay teen who dreams of becoming a special effects makeup artist struggles with his sexuality, traumatized by a hate crime he witnessed as a child. Sounds heavy. And it was yeah. named best Canadian feature film at the Toronto International Film Festival. This is one of those movies that's probably amazing, and that you're probably like never in the mood to sit down and watch because it's probably really sad. No, that's probably what exactly what it is. But you know, <laughs> the thing about me is that I actually actively seek out movies that will turn on like the, the waterworks. Mm. I feel like at least once a month I want to get a good cry out. And so I look for that one movie that'll do it for me. And it's oddly enough, a lot of the LGBT LGBTQ movies on Netflix will do that. Uh, they uh, they oddly enough tend to skew towards like the very dramatic and then end up totally. in a tragedy and so um you know given that it had like really high ratings in terms of a match and like the synopsis sounded like it'd be perfect for something like that mm. it's like add it to the queue is it a thing where like movies that have the lgbtq slant to them are so underserved that like like are they are they making bad versions of these movies? Or are they Absolutely. all pretty? I mean, I've seen some really <laughs> really bad ones, you know. And it's funny because there is a limited amount of titles to choose from in that particular genre of mm-hmm. movies. But at times, even if it looks horrible and it has like a one star suggestion for me, like I'll watch it. And mm-hmm. but I'm hoping that Closet Monster isn't going to be that. It looks good. I'm wondering. So Alex has a thing where when you're watching a comedy. You, like, on principle, won't force a laugh, right? You make the movie do the work for you. Oh, yeah. Whereas when I'm watching a comedy, I'll force a laugh just to, like, kind of get the motor running. And then I'm totally fine laughing at bad jokes. And I'm wondering about how how that is in terms of crying in a movie. Like if there's a movie, force a cry. Yeah, will you ever? If you're watching a one star movie, where you're like, all right, fine, I'll cry. <laughs> this is play. <laughs> or does it have to be totally genuine? Like the movie makes you cry. 
No, I think in terms of getting your emotions running for, you know, tragedy and feeling the sadness, it needs to be genuine. Like it has to really like tug at your, at your heart and it has to be believable. I'm going to file away that. Let's try to find a movie that's going to make Chris cry. Maybe. I like that. I have a question. Based on those two movies that we just listed, yeah, what would be the middle ground between those two movies? The disappointments, yeah, which is like a kind of a horrorish movie, yep. and the closet closet monster, yeah. which is sort of like an LGBTQ yeah. blow budge lifetime movie. Here's my answer. The next movie on this list <laughs> is called Stranger by the Lake. Frank notices Henri sitting alone on a beach <laughs> and starts a conversation that continues for days. In between Frank's trysts with a seductive killer. <laughs> that is literally kind of like a bridge <laughs> in gap between how, everything we've talked about. How like is something, this that real? Could, something that could be, you know, turning on the waterworks, but also I get some horror in it, you yeah. know? Like someone's gonna have Stranger their throat slashed. By the but, lake. Yeah. This daring psychological thriller won multiple awards, including a Cannes Prize for director Alan Guaridi. <laughs> We have a history on this uh to cons. Fuck up. You said Henri. You said con- you said cans? Yeah. We have a history of like really mispronouncing <laughs> mispronouncing anything vaguely French on the show. And so now I just psych myself out. <laughs> and now I can't read even regular words like Henry. I mean it's Henry with an I. I was trying to convey that it was the name Henry but ending in an I. <laughs> Which would be Henri. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Right. Anyways, um I don't know. I'm intrigued. So far. I mean, uh, nothing too mainstream. Is that something that you typically avoid on the on the flicks? Typically, because I find that I tend to be disappointed by a lot of the mainstream stuff. Right? Is it, that what happened when you watched the first fourteen minutes of Braveheart? So I hadn't seen it, and everyone's like, <laughs> "God, how have you not seen Braveheart?" You yeah. know, people give me crap for I not get a lot Braveheart. of shit. I haven't seen. Braveheart. I've never seen. And Braveheart so either. apparently, I did watch fourteen minutes of it, yeah. and I can't even remember starting the movie. Well, you only have 163 to go. <laughs> I'm looking, really looking forward to that. <laughs> we should just delete that like, off your queue. Can we just remove Braveheart? Like, I don't are, mind, because that is considered mainstream, right? So yeah, if that's man. going against it the grain. One best picture. I think we should remove it. Did it really? It one best that? picture in 95. Wow. So why don't we just leave that in there? Okay, it's going to live there forever, 14 minutes in. <laughs> this is another scary movie I've never heard of. It's called Hush. I'm really excited for that. So Hush is actually like a relatively unknown horror film, and I don't think it ever was released in theaters. But So it's about a woman who's deaf, and she gets away for the weekend, and she's living in a cabin, you know, and unbeknownst to her, there is someone stalking her, like, you know, a masked killer. I think the movie is about her trying to stay alive in this, like, place out of nowhere no connection to society, and there's this one person out there with her trying to to get at her. And so that's a cool premise, because it's like, she's deaf, right? You know, like, how horrifying is that? I mean, it, just, it would be terrifying if you had all your five senses, and yet she's missing one very important piece. In this picture, he's standing directly behind her on the couch, and it's terrifying. She doesn't know. I've been wanting to watch this movie for so long. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean... I'll tell you what I'm intrigued by. I'm intrigued by the fact that it's only an hour and 21 minutes. That's short. I'm terrified by the fact that it is listed as a slasher and serial killer movie. But this might be the day. We might have to get scared today. You only made it two minutes into Fantasia. What happened there? So Fantasia, 
we've all seen Fantasia. This is OG Fantasia. Like OG. Yeah. Like not Fantasia 2000, the original one with like the orchestra. Yeah. I miss it, adding the word 2000 to things. <laughs> that was the thing that was happening for a while. There's sure, the chronic well, 2000. Yeah. Right. Uh, like we want to make sure that you know that you're in the new millennium. Yeah. The millennium. The new yeah. millennium. The millennium. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I miss 2000s. We should do it. We should start adding 2000 to things, but now it's going to be a way to say something is the old version. <laughs> Oh, like, have you seen Fantasia 2000? Like, no, I saw the new one. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I've seen Fantasia. And so the reason why it's in my queue is that sometimes like a movie that I really, really loved as a child will, you know, get added to Netflix. And I'm like, oh, my God, you got to remember to rewatch that. So I'll throw mm-hmm. it back on the queue. But then again, as you guys know, I never go back to my queue. So it stays in there. Um, I really want to tell you guys what the next movie in your queue is. Tell me it has something to do with Stephen King. I bet you it's not. There's very no. little selection on Stephen King in there. Tell me something mainstream. It's Fantasia 2000. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's that's on Netflix too. Yeah, and you oh, made it two minutes into this one as well. <laughs> so the only the difference between Fantasia and Fantasia 2000 is I've actually never seen Fantasia 2000. Mm. Except for the two minutes I allegedly watched. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a modern take on the classic Fantasia. Like, how do we update this with like better animation? Let's just add the word 2000 right. to that. Exactly, and- right. <laughs> it's Fantasia 2.0, but let's make it 2000 because, you know, it's the new millennium. What so, would you make of a Netflix synopsis that doesn't list the cast or the director or any awards and just has like a tagline? What would that mean about a movie? Which is ever rating. Um, it predicts a 68%. Oh, does it? No, it's not it, rated. Interesting. So there's no information. I would no say that that's mystery box. That's the airheads candy bar <laughs> flavor. That's mystery flavor, which I thought was the best flavor. Really? I, th- I, I thought it was always cherry. Really? The I white always the tasted white cherry. Yeah. The white yeah. airhead. I think it's because they sold it as mystery. You're like, God, I don't know what I'm tasting. That's despite good. the fact that it Smart. tasted like cherry, right? <laughs> Well, this movie is came out in 2013. It's called Would You Rather. Desperate people tricked into playing a diabolical game must make a choice. The horrible versus the unthinkable. This sounds awesome. And like the other stuff you did, that like it reminds me like this is their attempt to do Blair Witch Project style like viral attempts to yeah. make it more enticing. Right. And it's working. <laughs> So, well, for maybe, me, I think there were two reasons. Of why all it's... the things you listen to, like the one that we know the least about, <laughs> I want that cherry mystery flavor, <laughs> motherfucking. We don't know. You really don't know anything. What about the I, thumbnail? I don't know anything. I know that you made it zero minutes into it, so Wait, you hit so play on it. Which and then movie are we talking about? Would you rather? It's called. Would it's you called. Rather. Would you rather? Right. So I think the reason why I threw that on there is because I mean, you know what is it categorized as a horror film? It's not even categorized. I think it is a horror film. And the reason why I remember is because I think I looked it up somewhere. Like, it must have been Rotten Tomatoes. And um, what appealed to me was I used to play this game with my friends all the time. Like, this game, would you rather? Rock, pa- oh, is it like rock no, paper. No, I mean, you would create these scenarios, like, so outrageous. And you would be like, you have to choose. And, like, these, some of these options were so crazy that the person you'd ask is like, I don't want to choose either of these. I'd rather just shoot myself in the head. Like, that sounds so awful. I don't I mean, that movie looks tough. Are these horror movies movies you can watch with friends, or is it typically the Chris Lee Zone, you and the flicks together? I think it's a mix of both. Okay. I think when it comes down to like, if I know that I'm going to be watching a movie with friends, 
I have a certain movie in mind. Mm. Like I know that a lot of people don't like horror movies, but there is a very fine line. Like some people can watch horror movies, but up to a certain extent, right? Like once it reaches past that point, they're like, I can't watch this anymore. You Mm. have to turn it off. And I've had a lot of success in getting people that hate horror movies to watch one. And at the end, they're like, wow. I feel alive. I feel alive. I feel great. It was terrifying. But, you know, it wasn't. is totally intact. I am that guy that you described who doesn't who doesn't want to see horror movies. And lately, I've been sort of dipping my toes in a little bit. Like we watched Blair Witch. That was a big step for me. Really? What you think? I loved it. (laughs) I was totally into it. I was on board. So what is the I would even love knowing to know. that it was fake, even knowing that it was it helped oh, knowing yeah. that it was fake, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it makes it a little bit better. Yeah, but what I would love to know is like, what's the scariest movie that either of you have watched? I mean, I just thinking back to like before I knew that I hated horror movies. Like when I was a kid, like I saw it that scared the shit out of me. I saw What Lies Beneath that scared the shit out of me. I saw The Exorcist. Like those were all like middle school, and like. Then by high school, it was like, I can't do this anymore. If you love Cabin in the Woods, uh, great recommendation for you is It Follows, and it's also on Netflix. Have you, are you aware of I it? I have heard about this. It's horror, and it terrifies you to your very bones, but it doesn't involve any sort of gore mm. or any ghosts popping out of an attic right. scaring you. And it's. Um, Did you watch the whole thing or just the first 27 minutes? So it's in my queue. And I did watch the whole thing, but so the reason why it might be showing as 27 minutes is I actually had a date over and I tried to convince him to watch it with oh. me. <laughs> so we got 27 minutes in. Into and your I, second viewing of it. Right. And I could, I could sense that he was not feeling yeah. it in the sense that he, just, I mean, he was on the edge and I was like, okay, this is not like how the, I want a first date to be. Yeah. And so I was like, Hey, listen, if you're not really feeling this, we can watch something else. He's like, he's like, yeah, yeah." he's like, yeah, turn it off, turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) I think what was really terrifying about the plot was just how it was shot in such a very real visceral manner. I was like, God, like what if this could happen? And it's one of those things where you tell your friend, like this is happening to me and you're not going to fucking believe me. Like you'll think I'm crazy that I, that I'm telling you this. It's like one of those things, right? And then they're like, you know what? Uh, try me. And then you tell them, and they're like, you know, you're fucking crazy. So it was that kind of movie. Just the way you're even saying that, I get is is chilling. I got the chills a little bit, yeah. And I think the scariest part about being in a situation like that is like, oh my god, like this is happening to me. This is my reality. It is reality. Mm. What if nobody believes me? That's you're, scary, you're right? On I'm psychological. Yeah. Th- yeah thriller which i that's the stuff that gets me that's the stuff to fuck it it's gotta be another level it can't just be slashy slash exactly uh how, how's our list do we have enough we do and there's definitely a theme here great read it back all right number one we've got the disappointments with kate beckinsale um we have closet master an LGBTQ lifetime thriller. Did you not give a description for the disappointments? Because you can't remember. I cannot remember what that is. I cannot remember what the disappointments We should go back, because it did sound interesting. The and it was a 98% match. was about the troubled architect that moves into a fixer-upper, but then there's a some sort of ghost thing that happens. <laughs> We've got The Closet Master. We've the, got Stranger by the Lake. I don't remember that. That was we the have... combination of those two. Oh, right. That's right. Um, we have Braveheart, which you've watched about 14 minutes of. No, but you we, have, we're, we're, we're we, oh yeah, we cleared that. that off the list. 
We have uh, Hush, which involves cabins. And a blind woman. And a blind woman and a oh, yeah. stalker. Mm. And it looked I pretty frightening. I think she's deaf, actually. She's, it's a deaf did woman. Did I say blind? Yes. She's, she's deaf. It's a deaf woman. We've got Fantasia 2K. <laughs> 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 that was such we've a great face. We decided it's we're, we chose Fantasia two thousand right. because that's what we're doing, right? Yeah, we want two thousand on everything. Version. We've got Would You Rather, a movie called Would You Rather, which yeah. is I wrote a horror movie and I put a question mark because we know nothing about it. Oh yeah, this is the one we literally know nothing about. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to put mis- two question it's marks. The mystery around. movie. <laughs> I added two more question marks. All right, we have too many movies, so we got to narrow this down. Narrow down this list. Now it's. The process of elimination. This is it. Work it out. Yeah. So, okay, as we work through this list, let's be honest. This is how I'm kind of playing this game, mm-hmm. is that I'm so focused on the one movie that I, I absolutely want to watch, <laughs> that all of these other ones I could literally just uh-huh. X out. And this particular movie, I think, despite the fact that you aren't like a horror lover, you yeah. could still stomach it. I knew it was coming. I knew we were gonna. I was gonna end up watching a horror movie today. Yes, you would. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, so let's you... at least pretend to narrow it down to three and then choose. Okay, so let's just eliminate Fantasia two thousand. <laughs> bit of a novelty. <laughs> just just a tad bit. I'm gonna have to take out Closet Monster. Which oh yeah, is you crossed next. out that one. Okay. Did we cross? Would you rather off? We did not. We knew it's, nothing. It's, we know nothing about Would You Rather. It's still there. But my inkling is that this movie is going to be like a C-rated horror type of. You're going to watch it and be like, God, that's what we picked. It's going to feel like a waste of time. Sure. Yeah. So the disappointments. Netflix said it was 98 percent match. That, I mean, that's high. And yeah. Hush was 82 percent. 82 percent. Okay. But with these, this this prediction algorithm is brand new. It's we don't know so if it's new. good. And it's not telling you whether something's good. It's telling you whether, based on the things that you've watched, watched, you will like it. So it doesn't know anything about me or Alex. And it knows that you watch like two minutes of Fantasia here and there. So I don't, I don't know how well it's capturing, you know, like that's very true. Your essence, right? Uh, okay. okay. So do we have down to three? We do. Okay. We have the disappointments with Kate Beckinsale. Yep. Hush with unknown actors and actresses. Yep. And we have, uh, as our third option, Stranger by the Lake. Oh, yeah. What are you thinking, Mr.? It seems like I'm going to be scared no matter what we do. <laughs> in which case, I kind of want to just leave my fate in your hands and you guys and just I wanna, say, like, And I want to, like, know. if we're going to go scary, I want to I wanna go the scariest. Exactly. So oh. here, here are my thoughts so on... So I want to go with the, the, with the best. Hush, right? So because here are my thoughts on Stranger by the are Lake. Are you telling me to hush? I... Uh, <laughs> Hush the movie and also hush because oh, I, I didn't know I, you I got something to say. Okay, yeah. no, but a little bit of both, right? So I think with Stranger by the Lake, even though there was like a killer, quote unquote, yeah. involved in the premise, it's going to lean more towards like dramatic LGBT, yeah. LGBTQ drama, which right? I'm much more comfortable with than sure. I am with being but, scared. But I'm I'm really <laughs> intent on making sure you come out of your your protective bubble. Yeah, and so I think where that leads us is to hush because that's like go big or go home, right? I yeah. like a guest with an opinion. He yeah. wants to watch Hush. We're not going to stop him. Right. Yeah. It's and in there for a reason. Can you do a long distance dedication to everybody before we go? Basically, tell our listeners that. <laughs> yeah. Tell them that while we go watch the movie, they're going to hear the trailer for the movie, and then we'll be back to talk about it. Hey, listeners. From everybody on this team, 
we just want to make sure that in the next couple of minutes you're going to be really scared but it's okay because we're here for you and um just come along for the ride it'll be great and uh we'll get back to you the second we finish here's stevie wonders isn't she lovely (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll be back back so we are <laughs> i'm fucking terrified we we went in and i asked the question is it can you be scared in the daylight yeah we're recording it's the middle of the afternoon i think the answer is yes a resounding yes at one point i like jumped up and sort of knocked the lamp and you guys both looked over to see what had happened hush was very good yeah this was a great movie i'm glad you guys liked it i didn't it like it but it was a great movie <laughs> Okay, but it wasn't horrible, right? It could have been terrible. No, no, no. It was incredibly well made. I mean, it was the it was the perfect for for that genre. I don't know what more you could want. Should we do a quick synopsis? Absolutely. Let let our man let our man Grizzly do it in the um, in the voice. No, right. no, 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 no. I mean, without giving it too much away. Oh, we can spoil the shit out of it. Can we really? Yeah, because yeah, okay. we're gonna have to talk about it. It's, it's too complicated right. to try and avoid spoilers. <laughs> so we just say, hey, if you want to go watch the movie, go watch it. Pause this, then come back. It's only an hour and twenty minutes long. Then you can listen to the end of our podcast. So essentially, you have this young woman who you find out who is deaf. Maddie. Maddie. She's you know set up to be allegedly a writer. She's in the middle of nowhere. They set it up in a scene in a cabin, and she, you know she's like cleaning up the kitchen. In the background, you see this woman who's like frantic, pounding on the doors, these glass French doors, and you know she's like fighting for her life. And all of a sudden, this masked man shows up and you know kills her on the spot. And so then you know at this point. No, Maddie. Hilarity is about to ensue. Hilarity is about to ensue, absolutely. We're up up for some hijinks. That's pretty much the synopsis. I mean, there's not much more I can give away. It's basically cat and mouse. It's basically there's this killer outside. Tom and Jerry. And he is, basically it's Tom and Jerry. (laughs) And the killer is like just messing with her and threatening to come in, but saying he doesn't want to come in until she's lost her mind. And so she's coming up with all these different plans to try to escape or to try to thwart him. It it climaxes in, in a lot of blood. Do the, the, and That's the movie. in the deaf the the deaf part the hard of hearing part yeah. the hushness yeah is a is a part of it but it's not as much as you would think it plays a big part in the setup and then the whole time like oh I felt like it was a huge part I felt like every scene. I think that's kind of the separation between this movie and any other slasher flick is that you know if you were to be a viewer and put yourself in her shoes and really think about what it means to try to survive with someone stalking mm. you in your own home without the ability to hear i mean during the movie i was thinking god okay what would i do in her shoes granted right. the fact that i could which hear. we do which you do in most horror movies oh, yeah you, a- you put yourself in their shoes they always do the complete opposite that's yeah. why you're just like god damn it will so you let, turn yeah. around let's talk about some of the things that this did that most movies don't do the, okay. the number one thing that I have is that the the killer was masked and unmasked himself super early. Yeah, I agree. And we were all like, "Whoa!" That uh, was very unexpected because it was very much like it. It he it was a typical sort of 
Scream, Mike Myers type thing. I mean, yeah. the whole beginning of the movie played like the first scene of Drew Barrymore Scream. Totally. And then escalated from there. But he, he unmasks, and all of a sudden you can see the killer. Yeah. I mean, Sight played a big thing. Like, you, you think about she's in this house that has all these windows. And the, the way she's trying to sort of keep track of where he is, is she's always trying to stay angled so that her back to right. the wall and that she can see out a window. And he's like just circling the house. And everything is very much based around like sight lines because she can't hear anything. I think the whole movie was pretty much set up as like a psychological game. Like she knew the mm-hmm. entire time he could at any point break through the glass, but he was feeding off of her fear, knowing that at any moment, if he decided to, he could get into the house. But yet, I think he found some sort of like sadistic pleasure in knowing that she knew that he could get in. I mean, okay, so if we kind of go back into the story, she did try to escape the house a couple of times, mm. right? Yeah. Unsuccessfully. Didn't go so well. She had zero weapons. Zero. I mean, she had. A, I think she had her kitchen knives, but she, she knew a, that... She found a hammer and a kitchen knife and a bottle of Raid. That was about it. Oddly mm. enough, the Raid was like the most potent weapon that she had. Oh, of course. <laughs> Kevin McAllister had way more weapons at his disposal. I thought about he Home did. Alone a lot during this movie. <laughs> Same. I did too. <laughs> So what's the difference? He had time and preparation. He had prior knowledge to the attack. Yeah. She could have set herself up pretty well. Well, he he was defending himself <laughs> against burglars. They were just trying to steal stuff. Sure. You know, so he had a little bit of a different thing. They weren't specifically trying to kill him. And also, I think I think the premise <laughs> that would have been a great movie. That would have been a more interesting. <laughs> have you seen somebody cut together a Home Alone trailer to make it like the a horror movie? Yeah. I saw that, and, and they like, did a great job. It doesn't take much. But I mean, if you think about the premise of what it could be, it's like yeah. I mean, it's literally two guys, grown men, yeah. who are trying to break into a house that is occupied by a child who was left home alone. Yeah, it's. I mean, I like the emphasis that they were grown. Like, what if they were like? <laughs> But you know, three quarters of the way. You have who was it? Joe Joe Pesci and yeah. uh, Daniel Stern. Right. Yep. These are the most comical guys you can ever throw together to try yeah. and rob a burglar as a house. I think that kind of touched up on the point that that was like made for like a. Family they were the movie. wet bandits. This guy was the air the crossbow bandit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Last summer we saw. We need to talk about Kevin. Oh, with the crossbow. Yeah, and I just mm. kept thinking like, oh, this is the next evolutionary step. For that character, no, no, uh, but I don't know. You don't watch Game of Thrones much, but Joffrey also did his killing with a crossbow. I I was still watching at that point. Okay. He was doing that, yeah. Kevin McAllister. With so a crossbow. crossbows, crossbows are the new crossbows are a thing. Are the new knife? Well, you know what I think it is. It's a replacement for like <laughs> like a handgun, right? It's like right. what is so scary about someone pointing a gun at you? We're right. so used to it, desensitized. A crossbow is kind of like, oh my god, this person is hunting me. Like yeah. they would hunt a deer. You know, I think that part is so visceral and so like it's surreal. Almost kind of like you gotta be fucking kidding me, right? This guy's got a crossbow. Like yeah. whereas with a gun, you, know, you pop a couple of caps in. You know, Over. It's not scary. Yeah. Right. Or in Kevin McCallaker's case, <laughs> micro machines splayed across the floor are intended to <laughs> disorient and sure. disable. Yeah. So I How totally come get she it. didn't try the trick of heating up the doorknob to burn his hand? I think it goes back to just not having enough time in preparation. Pre- right? Time yeah. in preparation. Yeah. All right. It was the holiday season. Like, I don't, you no- know, it's funny that you brought that up because I actually watched an episode of what is it like uh, scientific myths debunked, mm, like, something mm-hmm. like that. And they actually did um, a test on so the whole heating up the doorknob thing in Home Alone was like a huge thing. Like, it's like, is that even yeah, possible? Right. And they actually did a test and they had to heat that up to a point so hot that 
um, it would actually light the frame of the door on fire. <laughs> and so completely counterintuitive to what Kevin was trying to do. Yeah. And granted on paper and in the movie, it was quite funny, Great but yeah. realistically that would not have worked out, especially for the heroine in this film that we watched. She was great. I got to say, so for me, you know, there were sort of two experiences happening. There was like me being really uncomfortable watching something scared, <laughs> which tell. is inevitable, yeah. which was, which we knew going into it. And then there was also <laughs> just like, the, like trying to appreciate the movie itself. And I, she was great acting wise. And also just like a really fleshed out character. For very little time to get to know her, you like really got to know her. And I should I say, she actually was a co-writer on, uh, of the movie. Was she really? Yep. Actor mm. and star. Yeah, all around, I think the acting was superb. It was very believable in every situation yeah. in that movie, especially for any horror movie that I watch. I always put myself into the shoes of that person who's dealing with this trauma and i got to say, 90% of the time, I'm just like, this is so unbelievable. This is not how any normal person were to react. And right. it's like, look, said actor was following the script. I get it. But this movie, I mean, she did everything that I would do in a situation like that. Granted, like, yeah. you know, having those thoughts in her head, you know? like True, that's true. Have you guys ever seen that in a movie before? Like a horror movie where they actually act out? She actually played out the scenarios. and She thinks through all of them. And we see them play out in yeah. a futuristic style. Sure, the budget for this, and I, I, I got some facts. Yeah. I mean, I can dole them out sure. at, at, at when necessary. But the budget for this was $1 million, even. Nice job. Um, and was bought direct from Netflix. So it, wasn't oh, okay. in, it was never in theaters. It wasn't Netflix branded, but it was straight to Netflix. Correct. I was made clear very early this is a Blumhouse Productions under their umbrella. Yep. And they are... This is this is what they do. They have made their hay on low budget, micro budget. Give us some of their titles. Um, have you heard of the movie like Sinister and Sinister? Um, the Purge. The Purge. Mm. Um, Paranormal Activity was the first one. Ah, uh, big fan. Split. The uh, Paranormal. They actually had two huge back to back hits um, with Split, which was the Split personality one with the. Professor X, young Professor X. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, they did the Ouija movies. Oh, see those I didn't so see. So the director of this, um, his name is Mike Flanagan, sort of didn't do a whole lot. He, he's been in this horror thing. The only other movie mm. he did was in 2016. He did the Ouija sequel. I didn't realize the first Ouija board game movie was successful. but it, I didn't know that they made one. Uh, apparently these horror movies cost about five million dollars five to ten million and they always gross about like 80 million dollars so they're oh. always guaranteed to be successful and that's kind of what blumhouse has sort of made its hay on is like they've, they've kind of moneyballed their way into and, the horror genre yeah we have to review this movie that's yeah. sort of how we wrap things up before we do that i wanted to let you know mr lee that not only did Stephen King approve of this movie, really? but the director, Mike Flanagan, is set to adapt a book called Gerald's Game. And I wanted to read the premise to you. Gerald's Game is a story about a woman who accidentally kills her husband while she is handcuffed to a bed. And following the subsequent realization that she is trapped with little hope of rescue, begins to let the voices inside her head take over. What I love about that is that knowing how King works, it's not so much, like the scary part isn't so much like the gore and like, you know, paranormal stuff. It's more so 
giving you the time to really reflect on humanity and that's where all the horror lies right it's like do you think there can be a good movie out of a woman just being handcuffed to a bed i mean for 90 minutes i think so i mean like it's like what is this woman gonna like what sort of depth and like what are the crevices in her life where she can explore that she's never explored before like what are the crevices in the bed right though that's the real horror would you rather be stranded in a Hedge maze and never find your way out. As in The Shining by Stephen King? Or in outer space and never to be rescued. Wow. I mean, there are a lot of parallels between those two. I think they're very similar, but I think... One of them, you're on Earth, but one, you're in outer space. (laughs) Definitely Earth. Are you kidding? I'd say Earth. You know, at least I'm connected to nature in some way, right? Hedges are green. (laughs) Yeah, well, rather than the the sneaking suspicion that you'll just never get out of here. So here's my my thought about the one thing about... (laughs) The one thing about the hedges, though, and what's more terrifying than being stuck in space is, you know, with these labyrinths, you don't really know what's around the corner, right? And your mind is always going to play tricks on you. Or just around the river bend. Mm. Just around the river bend. Uh, right. Well, if there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't right. be alarmed now. It's purgatory. Got nothing. It was there's a no purgatory question. You got to oh, it. You, okay. you, you figured me out. It was a, cool. it was a purgatory question. <laughs> We should rate this movie. So Netflix changed their whole thing now. So it's not a five-star rating system. Now it's just you either give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Really? Gladiator style. And now instead of them predicting what star rating you're going to give it, they give you that percentage chance that you're going to like it. So 98% chance of liking it doesn't mean they think that you're going to say that it's in the 98th percentile. It means that they think there's a 98% chance that you're going to give it a thumbs up, not a thumbs down. Good, important detail. Am I going first? Uh, yeah, you might. Yeah, say, so. let me, um, show me and let me take a photo. I would have to say thumbs up. And the reason why I say that <laughs> is because um, the relatability, relatability to the character in the movie who was the heroine is so strong. And because of that, it felt very realistic. And that, I mean, I took away um, all the pain points um, that are typical for most movies in this budget. Yeah, I mean, it was great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm going to give it a thumbs up, but <laughs> under your account, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. Okay. In my account, this would be a, a hard thumbs down because I don't want Netflix <laughs> to start suggesting movies like this. It's just not me. But like, this was really well done, and I'm glad you gave it a thumbs up, and I'm gonna second that thumbs up for you. A uh, big thumbs up for me. Super entertaining. I like that it just this trope of a cabin in the woods. It they just finding new ways to try something different. Totally. I'm always down for that. I hope they never stop doing it. I hope I hope they try something with Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker in a cabin in the woods at mm. some point because there's always more room for <laughs> That would be interesting. <laughs> to say the least. I actually hope that happens. It's, or like the that fast, like the or the expendables go to a cabin in the woods. Totally. Just, you know, Cabin in the Woods in Outer Space, whatever. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm always down. Thumbs up. It was super entertaining. Yeah. I, I think most people will enjoy this. Um, we have good news for you. Um, you are now one step closer to clearing the queue. Thanks, guys. I couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> that was clearing the queue. If you have heard anything you like or know that we were just dead wrong about you can email us at uh, clearing the queue at gmail.com q is spelled q u e u e that's a tough one and if your thoughts are funny we'll read it on air follow us on twitter at ctq podcast instagram at clearing the queue facebook.com slash clearing the queue subscribe on itunes yeah subscribe on itunes 
know how you do that. Hey, Q heads. I thought we were going to call them cuticles. <laughs> What's the worst part about clearing the Q t-shirts? It's that you don't have them worn on your body and that you're a loyal listener and that you want to you want to wear them. That's it. We're going to change that. We've got a plan. How? I Here's a question. How? <laughs> this is not Mystery Science Theater 3000. Chris, how? So this is Chris Lee with episode 41. So clearing the queue is giving away merch. Write a review on the podcast channel. That's all you got to do. Send in your username and subject to theclearingthequeue at gmail.com. Remember, Q is spelled Q-U-E-U-E. And you know what? If you don't have email, like maybe you're a millennial and you're past email, you could tweet at us. You could Facebook message us. You could Instagram at us. You could set up a Snap channel for us. That would be helpful. Yeah. And remember that thing called snail mail? Yeah. Well, here's my address. We're going (laughs) to... We lost Alex. <laughs> uh, <laughs>